0: Hello, this is Sri Chalapa again back with the People Strategy Leaders podcast. And I am joined today with actually a good friend of mine, Prithvi, uh, who we both worked together as executives in a previous life. Uh, so, Prithvi um, obviously has a lot of experience leading companies, um, leading teams, leading organizations. Um, and I am really excited to have him. As a way of the background, Prithvi uh, is the founder and CEO of Smart Carrot. Uh, and is a business leader with varied experience in creating successful businesses and cross-functional teams. He has spent over 25 years in varied roles, Believes in employee success, goes hand-in-hand hand with customer success. Prithvi's experience spans growing sales, account management, marketing, and product teams from grounds up, his experience in growing his last organization, uh, which is where we worked together, to a $110 million revenue entity it gives him enormous insights into various stages of growth and the associated team management. So obviously, you know, uh, the growth we had in a previous uh, organization, image where we worked together, uh, was it went through all stages, from a startup to a late-stage startup to a very successful company. So what were some of the... Uh, you know, welcome to the, welcome to the uh, call, Pithvi, but, you know, the first question uh, I wanted to ask you is what are some of the learnings you had in that process in team building?
1: Hey, Sri, first of all, uh, thanks for having me and uh, congratulations to you as well as the entire Engagely team as well for the enormous growth you are seeing and success. I'm very glad to be here. Uh, to your point, uh, you know, yeah, it's quite, it, had, it, has, it was quite a journey. And, and as you are aware, we have gone through our ups and downs, uh, you know, in, in business cycle as well as, as, as we have handled teams. So fair amount of learning, Sri, I think uh, uh, it, it spans across, you know, three, four broad areas, I would mention. Uh, early part of my career and as, we went, as I went through business school uh, and even my early part of my emits journey, I was very skeptical of uh, the word culture. And I think a lot of people are. And across that journey and now as I run my own organization, I'm much more appreciative of, uh, you know, and respectful of uh, the difficulty it is to create a good culture in your organization. So, and, and, and even within, you know, a small team. So that num- would be number one. And maybe we we'll could speak about that a little later. Uh, then obviously a ton of learning in hiring people, uh, a ton of learning in, you know, how you, Incentivize, motivate people. How do you, uh, you know, keep keep being consistent as you drive certain uh, revenue metrics or you know performance goals across uh, teams? Uh, also, a good amount of learning in how to let people go. Uh, you know, so I think all that is part of team building, uh, and and I would say those top three would be primary areas which we have gained maximum amount of experience.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about. Uh, the hiding and finding the right talent and and having the right talent stay with you first. You know, when you are a brand that not many people necessarily know about as a startup or even as a late stage uh, and successful startup, you know, you're competing with the likes of Microsoft and Accenture and the likes of those, right. For for the talent and then having, and you're not necessarily paying them top uh, of the salary range that the market has. So what, what are some of the things that you saw successful in your role um, previously, but also here to make sure that you get the right talent and you, and you continue to uh, you know, retain them and motivate them?
1: Yeah, no, excellent question. I think uh, for you, you obviously want to attract uh, performers and people who are above average and are likely to be above average in performance uh, when you're looking out uh, to build a team. Now, uh, for that sort of profile, you know, salary and uh, you know, compensation is one aspect of it. But an equally important aspect is uh, recognition, as well as the opportunity to grow and the opportunity to be you know, performing freely. That, I think, uh, potentially is a big, big differentiator which a lot of organizations don't leverage and which we are trying to. As we attract talent, we are saying, hey, here is a culture and we go back to that initial learning that we have a culture of allowing performers to thrive. they're more free. Uh, they have the independence to speak their mind to their stuff, uh, you know, without being constrained by a lot of stuff which larger organizations potentially can't avoid. And that I think is an important element of not only uh, attracting them in the first place, uh, but to your point also, of uh, you know, retaining them so they'll come in because of that sort of hope, uh, but, but they will remain if you are consistent in uh, you know driving that behavior.
0: Yeah, so to summarize, culture is an important ingredient where they feel that they have um, a place to speak up their mind um, and are empowered to take decisions and do the things that they feel is right to move the company forward, move the organization, their goals forward. Um, a great point. You know, a lot of organizations have a lot of bureaucracy, have a lot of approval process, and things like that that they need to do, um, obviously for uh, for a good reason. But obviously, that's uh, something that, as a startup, you can be a little bit more uh, flexible with, and <clears throat> you know, and that's where you attract the people who are go getters in many ways as well. Um, so, as we as we talk about that, you know, what uh, so what do you look for people when you're hiring them? To be successful uh, in your culture that you are are building and the teams that you're building?
1: Yeah. So, you know, what I've learned to do, Sri, over the years is uh, uh, sort of instead of getting immediately into the JD and starting off the interview process, probably step back a little bit and look at even within the team, uh, what is it that you want to drive? I mean, it's easy to say, I want to drive, for example, if you take a sales team, we are saying, you know, just revenue, that's not good enough. You have to also think through what are, is is it revenue and building pipeline? Is it closure ratios you want to be higher? So on and so forth. So you define uh, the outcome expected of the team. You also define what is the broad behavioral parameters you are willing and accepting the team to be able to drive. Then you go and try and find fitment from the market to fit into that scheme of thing. It is not necessarily, but it is avoidable to make a generic hire and then try to retrofit back into your culture, processes and outcomes. Uh, So so that's one aspect. And and once you have those line of sight for different roles and different teams, as well as a broad organizational fitment, then you go and look for those specifics. You will of course look for the standard skill sets uh, for that role. But then, you know, the additional layers come in with regards to really fitment to your scheme of things, where you are, what stage of organization are you, uh, for us, we need people who are, you know, more, let's go and do it today, then follow process, because we are in that phase of growth currently. But at a later stage, we may want to look at somebody more, you know, uh, aligned more to process than than, than, than to day-to-day hustle, uh, just to give you an example.
0: That makes sense. You know, what... You know somebody who was really good in sales and let's say ibm may, may not be as good of a salesperson in a startup like smart Absolutely. carrot or engagedly um, because you know they are in different stages of their evolution and the companies are in different stages of evolution you know this reminds me of this uh, really good book that i read uh, a few months ago which actually was written like 15 20 years ago it's called a
1: who mm-hmm.
0: and who basically says the biggest problems that executive faces is who to hire who right. to quit in that role that is pretty much the only biggest problem that they have. And it talks about exactly what you are talking about here, Prithvi, which is um, focusing on the outcomes that you're looking for in that role, focusing on what type of goals and results you want to see, um, and then working backwards from that to really identify the type of person you want to hire um, into that role, whether it's an internal hire or whether you're promoting somebody or whether you're hiring from external um, in the market as well. And I think it goes to a great idea, right? I mean, that's, it's not necessarily a great idea, but what I mean to say is that's a great point because organizations typically will say, hey, this person has 10 years of experience in selling to enterprises. Yeah, but, you know, you were selling to enterprises when you were working for a big Fortune 100 brand, but selling to enterprises when you are working for a smart carrot or an Engagely or any other, you know, CSA or pre cdsa startup, completely different ballgame. They have Absolutely. to act differently, they have to work differently. They have to uh, have a different type of motivation and style, uh, which obviously makes a a huge difference. Um, So obviously that's, you know, uh, hiding the right talent and how to go about that. You know, you made a great point there. Um, So let's talk about once they are in the team, you know, what makes that person or the people in your team successful? What are some of the two or three things that you do to ensure that the team is working towards its, uh, you know, uh, stated Objectives.
1: Yeah, it's a it's, it's a very valid uh, question, Sri. So uh, quite a few things, and again, learned the hard way uh, by making mistakes. So uh, one thing I have always been reasonably good at across my career, handling teams and scaling them, has been to be consistent uh, in how you evaluate the team members, consistent and fair. Uh, that came naturally to me and that worked for me. And I think I continue to believe in that and do, do that now by, you know, uh, design. Earlier, it probably used to happen by default. Uh, so being consistent in one your communication, being consistent in what goals you have set and being fair in treating all team members, you know. Right. It's, it's not about being equal you don't treat everyone equally you have to treat performers differently than you treat non performers but the thing is are you doing it fairly and is it transparent enough and fair enough i think those three uh, and this last latter one is easier said than done and it has you have to put a discipline to be able to do that i think goes a long long way in 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 people you know aligning to the organization aligning to the leader and aligning to the organizational outcomes more importantly
0: yeah. And you make a great point. One of them that really resonates with me is being consistent in your goals and your objectives. Um, I would add the word clarity as well. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, the important thing that most people want is clarity of expectations, clarity of your goals and the why behind those goals. Uh, so they know why they're doing what they're doing. Right. Right. Um, and when I see a managers and leaders uh, in my past life and sometimes even now, um, in other uh, organizations where uh, they change what they want every two weeks because yep. they heard something from somebody in a bar or read an, yep. read an article somewhere, yep. or uh, they just felt it, felt it differently another day. And if you start changing your goals and expectations, uh, that's where the people get confused and they get demotivated more importantly. Yep. So, you know, having consistency is great. And being fair is absolutely critical. So, yep. you know, I, I really appreciate uh, you know that, that approach there. Yeah, just to d- awesome. underline
1: one, if I may, just to underline what you said, one point. I think you made a very very important point of clarification of the why. I mean, look, as as a startup uh, and and the phase we are at right now, we do change tracks. I mean, it's it's not as if we don't because we need to at times. We understand we are going down the wrong path. We need to change and change fast it is okay to change as long as you clarify and explain to the team why you are doing, it. I think people sure. understand aligned to it. So you made a very good point that yeah, and we do it fairly often or we are forcing ourselves to be diligent in doing that every time you change track uh, or, or make a change to the outcome, the team is expected to align to please spend some time explaining the rationale behind why.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, as you look at the leadership and as you continue to build your, build your team, I'm sure you're uh, at least, you know, you at least admire a few leaders out there. So my question, I always ask every guest is, you know, maybe name a leader that you feel you really admire and um, somebody you'd like to emulate or at least take some lessons from.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh so right off the cuff uh, you know what is top of mind for me are uh, i've been an avid sports person myself she as well and i take a lot of learnings from what you see in team sports uh, to corporate life uh, and in that context uh, you know coming from my indian heritage and background uh, and following cricket as actively as i have uh, one of the significant learnings i've taken uh, even into corporate life is from uh, what most people in India would know as, as Mahendra Singh Dhoni. Uh, you know, right from grounds up to whatever we have discussed right now on this call, I think he's a great good example of backing the right people, setting the right culture, putting the team accordingly, letting go of you know, even seniors because they didn't fit that culture anymore or didn't fit the alignment with the team principles anymore clarifying reasons of why you should be doing what you should be doing uh, so i'm a great great admirer of my Dhoni.
0: yeah yeah no he's absolutely uh, an amazing was an amazing captain and i think uh, i have a lot of respect for him but i also the new zealand captain he's he's one of those uh, people yeah. who i have a lot of respect for yep. um, and i forgot his name in on this call so um but yeah, so while uh, that's all the time we have here. Unfortunately, you know, we I would love to have continued this discussion. Maybe we can get you back again and and see where your journey has taken you and some new things, you have insights you've had about your leadership and managing and growing teams. Um, any last thoughts? Any parting thoughts to people out there who are looking to build startups? You know, what uh, they should be maybe two or three things they should be thinking about.
1: No, I think, uh, you know, I, I underline, you know, when, when especially in the startup mode, I think over communication is fine. So err on the side of over communicating uh, internally uh, to whoever, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, the junior most person in your team or the senior most person in your team, be always very clear uh, why things are happening, where things are going. So I, I would say that's number one, over communicate and do spend some time Thinking through, you know, what what is it that the cultural connotations are of your day-to-day operations? So step back on and off, and keep thinking about that. I think eventually, in the long run, uh, those two aspects uh, definitely pay off. So, Sri, thanks for having me. I think wonderful talking to you. Uh, would love to have you on my podcast as well. Look forward
0: to that. Absolutely, thanks a lot, Preeti. Uh, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Again, this is uh, Sri Chalapa with People Leaders Strategy. Uh, People Strategy Leaders podcast. Um, Until next time. Thank you.